In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. It's November 15th, 2013, and you're listening to episode 82 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. Maggie, why are we out in the middle of this field? Because research dictates that most alien sightings are out in fields. Yeah, but this alien tends to show up in London. I don't Generally, ha- Christmas seems to be a good, a good time to try, because shit always seems to go down in London on Christmas Day. Yeah, but I, I don't have London. I mean, there was the Daleks... Then there were the Cybermen, and I forget if the Salivine were on Christmas, but I'm sure if they came, I could just totally blend in with them. Yeah, but I, I can't get us to London. I can yeah. only get us to a field. We need a TARDIS to get to London. And But we need to get to London and get the TARDIS. Right. Shit. So while we're waiting for the TARDIS to land in a field... And I don't have a sonic screwdriver. Yet. Yet. He likes knitting patterns, though. Can we flag him down with, like, magazines? Hmm... Maybe. So anyways, while we're trying to figure out how to flag down a TARDIS, let's mm-hmm. record. Yeah, we might as well. May as well. And while we're waiting, we better have some knitting to help <laughs> us wait, because it's going to be a while. Oh. So, what are you working on? I am, ta-da, laid out over there. Ooh. So the, well, how would you call it? Pfeiffer or Pfeiffer shawl? Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. There we go. Pfeiffer shawl is about three quarters oh. done. Scarf. Scarf. With a hood. It, it's a, it's in... Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, scarfy worfy, hoodie okay, woody. That was great right up until the end. <laughs> the scarfy worfy bit that, that just didn't go. Anyway, it it's is blue. It is okay. Now you've really just derailed everything. <laughs> totally. Now I had screech. Yes, because I was going to put white <laughs> white trim on that. <laughs> so I'm working on the Pfeiffer sh- scarf by Anne Kuo and this is the scarf that has two pockets at the end, and it will have two relatively large buttons, just so that, you know, if you put something like your iPhone in it or something like that, it'll yeah. stay closed. But they're relatively good-sized pockets. And when the two sides are knit individually, I've got one side done, I've got half of the other side done, they're grafted together in mm-hmm. what would probably be right at the crown of your head. Yep. And then stitches are picked up to do the hood part. And I've done, I completed one side, I've done half of the other side. It is super, super easy. Mm-hmm. Easy to memorize. And because it's worsted weight, it's just moving right along. So I should have this done easily by December. Yeah, because we have a month. We didn't have Slightly this problem. Less. We didn't have this problem last year. No, last year was more of the, oh God, oh God. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Must oh God. finish. Yeah. But uh, that just leads me to keep looking at pretty things. Lots of pretty things. Any particular pretty things? Well, I gotta admit, I do want to make colorwork mittens, too. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that later. Yep. That's a cravings covered some crushes thing. Yes, that is. <clears throat> so have you been working on anything else, or have you been no, totally No, I'm going totally monogamous. monogamous on this, because I don't want to get overconfident with this project, mm-hmm. and then realize that it's December 10th. Yeah. And I haven't done anything on it, because it's... Be bad. Yeah. So... I'm going totally monogamous on it, so it is done and done, and I'm comfortable and happy. Okay. Is that it for you, then? (laughs) At at this point, it's the light at the end of the tunnel is just starting to glow, Yeah, I want to get there. So, yeah, that is it for me. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, then. I am the boring today. Well, I have a lot more stuff that I'm 
working on and have worked on and you never, might be working on. You never disappoint us. <laughs> so, okay, first, I'm still working on the AF Yapalyoko Shawl by Anna Dalvi. And again, if you look at my project page, I should get a new photo of it soon because there has been progress on it. Yes, very pretty <laughs> progress because we saw um, it at knit night. But on my project page, it'll be called The Fire Under the Mountain Shawl. And I have gotten to the point where I have moved from the orange, through the red, through the darker red, and I'm on the black now. And it does look like fire. Yeah. And I've got about another 16 rows left of the main pattern. And then there's like another plain row. I might do a couple extra plain rows. And then there's a cast off using a crochet chain sort of okay. scallop along the edge. So hopefully by that time I will be into that sort of ashy gray. Ooh. And it's going to look gorgeous. Yes, it is going to look good. I will admit. It's that, super pretty. That transition is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is seriously gorgeous. I'm using the Twisted Fiber Arts Ember Evolution colorway in their aerial base. And the yarn is just Gorgeous. I just love it. I love the feel of it. I love now, how squishy it is. I love its softness. Question with all of the yarn, because you had to pull out some blobs of yarn to help yep. the transition move along. Yep. Can you do anything with those blobs? Not on the shawl. No, not on the shawl. I but... can use them for other little things. Like I had a little idea for a couple little things I could do for my coworkers for Christmas, and mm. I can make a couple of those out of it. But I won't say too much, because I know I have a couple coworkers that actually listen. Go make a coffee! <laughs> But yeah, so that's moving along pretty nicely. And it's like, I mean, like I said, I'm trying not to get too confident just because I know the crochet cast off is going to take quite a while. Because basically you hook the crochet hook through three stitches, chain nine, hook through three stitches, chain nine, Oh, hook through three stitches, chain nine. And there are 576 stitches. Wow. Around the circumference of the shell. And stuff. Yeah. So that would... That's going to take a while. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, I've still got like a month. Yeah, I've got like 20, 23, 22 days that I marked out. I have marked out like the counting down the days in my planner. Counting down to about the Monday before the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. So that I have a few days to, to wash and block and let it dry before the evening. <laughs> in which it will make its debut. But yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm probably going to get... A fair bit of that done this weekend, actually, because I'm heading into Toronto tomorrow um, for the Purple Pearl 6th anniversary party. So I'm going to take it with me. Good. Cool. And I'll work on it a bit there. Partly so I can work on it. Partly because, you know, you, you want to show it off. Yes, I, I would I would totally <laughs> show that off. I, I cannot claim to be perfectly noble and... Benevolent and... Benevolent and, and, and humble. And modest, humble. Whatever. And modest. No, I want to show it off. <laughs> You should. <laughs> it's an, it's awesome. Of course, the other thing I'm planning on doing tomorrow, before I go to the Purple Pearl, um, well, I have finished the Weeping Angel, so- Angel Socks, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to start a Bigger on the Inside Shawl by Kate Atherley, which was in Nitty a couple years ago. Is that the one with the TARDIS on the edge? Yes. Oh, that is so pretty. But of course, I need to get yarn for that. I had planned to dye yarn for that because I was thinking of doing it. I'm like, oh, wait, hey, I think I've got at least two skeins of base yarn in a fingering weight that I have to dye. I could totally dye my own. And it's sparkly, too, which would be cool. <laughs> so I go downstairs. I look at the package. It says the fingering weight. And it was, um, I got it from Wool to Dye For. 
It was one of their times when they have like a couple end skeins, like extra skeins. And so they just sold like, you know, they'll so sell odd bits that they have left over out of their packages of 10 that they usually sell. And so I looked at it and I'm like, that doesn't look like fingering weight, but I'll see. So I dye it up and I look at it when it comes out and I'm like, that's really not fingering weight. I compare it to the lace weight that I got from them. It was lace weight. Oh. Not fingering weight. So I have two skeins of a lace weight in a really pretty blue that is also sparkly, which will be nice for something else. Yes. Just not for this. So tomorrow I'm probably going to go to a yarn store or two and see what they have in a nice Tardisy blue. And if you're looking for the bigger on the inside pattern, it's from Nitty's Spring and Summer 2012 issue. And it looks so cool. It's got this little lace pattern right up the neck. And just below that, it's got a TARDIS lace pattern. You should totally little put, TARDISes. You should totally put a bead or something at the top of the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. For the lantern. Especially glow-in-the-dark ones, if you could find them. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. And actually, there's someone uh, made a Dalek lace pattern that you can sub in as well. So I've seen a couple people who've done the you know their finished projects, and they've got both TARDISes and Daleks on there. There's a lot of Dalek stuff. Yeah, don't just search Dalek. We're going to find... There we go. It's, it's search for the Dalek lace pattern in Ravelry by Marjolaine Thunison. Little lacy Daleks. It is a free Ravelry download. Yeah. It's a free Ravelry download because you'll need the pattern right. for Bigger on the Inside, but Bigger on the Inside is free, too. So there's that that I want to start soon. And by the way, there's a Doctor Who 50th anniversary party thread up in the Ravelry group. <laughs> I saw that today. Including dancing Doctor gi- animated gifts. You know, I was tempted to make you a, a, a Weeping Angel sock monkey for Christmas, but <laughs> I did not know if that would be a good thing. <laughs> That could be rather terrifying. Yeah, I know. Oh, jeez, thanks. Rip, rip, oh. rip, rip, open it up. You know what you could do what? to seriously scare the shit out of someone? If you had, if there was like a weeping angel plushie or a weeping angel sock monkey or something like that, is like every once in a while, especially if like when they're sleeping or something like that, you sneak in and move, move it. it closer. Move it. <laughs> scare the bejesus out of somebody. Yeah. But anyway, so I've also, I've worked a little bit on the sweater sleeves for the Inara sweater by... Allison Green. I need to work on it more. It's just I've got other stuff that I prefer doing because the sleeves are kind of boring at at this point. But I also want a sweater. So and I want to start another sweater. So I should get those done. Um, And then because I finished the Weeping Angel socks, I decided I needed another sock. So I did cast on a sock using a pattern that has been on my queue for a long time that uses some really pretty twisted stitch patterns. But I started it and then I was kind of like, I kind of want to do my own thing anyway. You've grown since you so, put it into your favorites, obviously. Not even necessarily. Like, it still appeals to me and everything. It's just for some... I just, you know, I was like, I don't really feel like doing this cable pattern right now. I feel like doing a different one. One that's very similar to the one I like do. I really like doing on a lot of my so- on a lot of my twisted stitch socks that I've done. There's this one particular type of intricate twisted stitch pattern that I, I just really love. It will be on all the things. So I ripped it out and started over and just started doing my own thing using my... Uh, Twisted Stitch, Stitch Dictionaries by okay. Maria Erlbacher. E-R-L-B-A-C-H-E-R if you're looking for them. They were actually published by Schoolhouse Press under the title Twisted Stitch Knitting, I think, a couple of years ago. Translated into English because the ones I have are in German. But yeah, oh, and then one of the other things that has helped in doing these things is I got the Chowgu interchangeable set. Yes, you did! You, 
I remember you bringing them and showing them off. Yes, they're pretty. Yes, they are. I love it. I got the small set because, I mean, most of the time I'm using sizes. It comes sizes like 2.5 millimeters to 5 millimeters. And most of the time those are the sizes I'm using anyway. Yeah, that's true. Occasionally I'll go up to like a 5.5 millimeter. But I can like... I've still got, you know, the bits of my nitpicks interchangeable set that still hold together. And I can always get straights and stuff too. But yeah, it's a really nice set... And you're happy. And it's really pretty. And I really like it. And I got extra cables, like longer cables. So now I have lots of cables to play with. And I've got a couple extra tips that I had already previously bought. And it's really nice. And the packaging for it is really pretty. And yes, I love it. I'm glad. And now I want to cast on all the things. Yes, I know. I, you can obviously tell from my cue that I want to cast on mittens and shawls right yeah. now. But yeah, so that's what I've been working on, or what I hope to be working on. Now to segue into Geek Squee, I should mention... One of the other things I'm going to be looking for in tomorrow, in Toronto tomorrow, is I'm probably going to hit up at least one comic store because they also carry a lot of Doctor Who merchandise. And I'm hoping to get a sonic screwdriver because <laughs> the day of the Doctor is upon us. One week. Yep. One week. And of course, as people who have been looking at our Ravelry group know, there have been a couple little things that have come out in the last week. Yep. Like, yesterday, a little mini-episode was released on the internet called The Night of the Doctor. Right. Which had me some doing some, and other people doing some serious flailing. If you watch Doctor Who and you have not seen this yet, go watch it, oh my god. Because it, it features a doctor, though possibly not the one you're expecting. And I was so happy. <laughs> and spoilers, starting now. So, you know, skip ahead, like, a minute or two, just in case. Because, so the last... While the, you know, Space Network here has been showing, I think it's called The Doctors, or Doctor Who Revisited, where they show, basically where they, they have people sort of talking about each of, one of the Doctors in each show. So they start with the first Doctor. And, you know, people who remember, you know, who people who are involved with the show and people who grew up, that also grew up watching it, or, you know, that were involved with it at the time, or the, you know, the actor themselves talking about that Doctor, and then they show an episode from that Doctor's time. Mm -hmm. And they've been going in order. And of course, they get up to the eighth Doctor, and he really only has one episode, Paul McGann, because I guess they had, you know, done a series up until, like, 1987 or so, and then there was, like, this long gap where it looked like Doctor Who was over, no more. And then an American network, I guess, apparently teamed up with the BBC to see if they could make the Doctor Who start up again. Mm -hmm. So they created this TV movie, and if you're looking for it, usually it's just called Doctor Who the Movie. So I watched that one. I actually watched the entire episode. The other ones usually I just watched a kind of watched a bit of it because oh my god, I have tons of Doctor Who to watch. They've been running the entire modern series. Oh my god! But this one I watched the whole thing, and I really like Paul McGann as the Doctor. But holy fuck, that movie is cheesy as. Hell. Need a little wine for that cheese. Oh my god. It is, it's very 90s. Like, I was watching it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so 90s. Like, this looks like an X-Files episode. Really? And it looks, it seems, I don't know what it is, but it also, something about it, it does seem sort of American TV movie okay. sense to it. Like, you almost feel this difference to it. But I really liked Paul McGann, which is why when he appeared in The Night of the Doctor, I kind of freaked out. There was flailing and quiet or silent squealing because I was at work on my break watching this and I didn't 
want to, you know, alarm the patrons because it is a small library. So yeah, if you if you are a fan of the Paul McGann Doctor, or even if you're just a Doctor Who fan, you really need to see this because oh my god, <laughs> I loved it. I am eagerly looking forward to Day of the Doctor, which okay, spoilers over because I kind of don't want to be spoiled. There's apparently a clip from the Day of the Doctor that was shown as part of a charity thing that was on BBC. Mm-hmm. Like today or yesterday. And so apparently there's a cl- clip that's been posted. I have not watched it because I kind of want to see it okay. as is. Yeah, yeah. But um, sadly, I cannot go to any of the simulcast in theaters in Canada. One, because they're in Toronto. Two, because I'm working that day. Damn it. But our local theater is showing it in 3D on the Monday afterward. So I am totes going. Okay. I want to see it. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love seeing you get this excited. (laughs) And in the meantime, I will just be catching up on the uh, 20 episodes of Doctor Who I have on the DVR. Plus, I think there's going to be 12 more this Sunday when they do the last of the marathons. Okay. On space. Oh my god. I have so much to watch and so much feels to go through. Yes. I know some of the, the episode names to look out for and I'm seeing them on the DVR and I'm like, oh god, here we go. I don't know if I want to watch this. Arm the field. Yeah. There's a couple episodes I haven't watched because I'm just like, I can't deal with this right now. Nope. <laughs> nope. I love Donna Noble. I don't want to say goodbye. Cannot deal with this. Skip. Peep. Nope. I can't see Rose's last episode. I cannot deal with that right now. Skip. But anyway. Saying goodbye to a fictional character is sometimes yes. really, really hard. Yeah. Especially when you have... Sometimes it's easier when you've seen, like, tons of animated GIFs and pictures from it on Tumblr. Sometimes it's not. Because you just, like, okay, I don't... I, I have seen this. I don't... Um, in animated GIFs, I don't think I can watch it for realsies. I know what happens, so I can <laughs> skip it. It's not like I'm missing anything, really. Or missing plotty things. But anyway, so... That's a technical term, right? Plotty things? Yes. But, also in the Doctor Who freaking out... OMG, you guys. Mary Sue just posted this tonight. Someone has created an amazing faux tapestry, which is, well, basically... It was based off of the Bayou tapestry, (laughs) which is a very famous... Technically not a tapestry, it's an embroidery, but Mm -hmm. it's a very famous battle scene. And somebody has taken it and done a Doctor Who tapestry, and it is the chronology of Doctor Who... His adventures, his companions, his enemies, yep. in as much as can be put into an embroidered story. And I, I don't know if this is like somebody did somebody actually embroider this, or is this a Photoshop? No, I think thing? it's I think it's like I think it was a like computer created, computer illustrated image. Well, it's some- done by Bill Mudron, and somebody needs to make that available for sale. Dang it! Apparently, actually, it says it. Is. It is print available for purchase. Go. Yep, he has a big cartel shop. I need this. On my wall. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you can find the full image of it at mudron.tumblr.com. M-U-D-R-O-N dot T-U-M-B-L-R. You can find it for purchase, apparently, even though this won't load it. Again, M-U-D-R-O-N dot bigcartel.com. There we go. It's $40, and it is a 24 by 36 inch, basically six square feet print. 
on 100 pounds of premium matte stock. You know, I just realized that we've ski-daddled into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes temporarily, but that's okay. Yeah, well, it's geeky and it's Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. Mm. So what? It's segued nicely. And it is a pre-order, and the pre-orders close by December 1st, and prints will ship by December 13th. Please allow a week for delivery in the U.S. and up to a month for prints to be delivered internationally. So in other words, if you want to do this for Christmas, do it now. Yeah. I want this bitch. <laughs> I want it. I want it. And basically, it covers, like, the all of Doctor Who. Like, from the first Doctor. Good lord. From Hartnell to Matt Smith. Featuring sort of major events along the way. Including each regeneration. Or each one, at least, that we saw. And it's got one of the last things. It's got the day of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Sort of towards the end right there. And then it says 12th Doctor, and it's conveniently ripped right <laughs> Before you can see what those are. Don't blink. Look at that. And it's got borders, too, of, like, little figures of the enemies. Daleks, Cybermen, Time Lords. There's Gallifrey and Script right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So cool. Oh, my God. It's a tiny little starry night. Oh, it is, it is, it is, it is. A tiny little starry night. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have to have this. This must (laughs) be mine. I have a mighty need. Love it. Okay. Yep. Love I need to stop staring at all the details. Yeah, I know. You could look for ages at all the little details. But also in major geek news this week... We went to see a particular geeky kind of movie. A particular geeky Marvel movie. Yes, we did. Yay! Yes, we went to see Thor 2 last week. And so... I'm trying to think how much are we going to be able to discuss without spoilers. Well, we can at least give our opinion on... Stuff. Movie overall. Okay. So, non-spoilery opinion... I really enjoyed the movie. I really did. Me too. I really did enjoy the movie. I have some questions, but I I think I'm supposed to be left with those questions. Yeah. I think there's some questions you're supposed to be left with. There's a couple things that I think might be kind of weak spots in the movie, but overall, it's very enjoyable. Yes. Especially if you are a Hiddlestoner. That would (laughs) be me. Maggie raises her hand. That would be me. And you're not so bad on the Hemsworth either. No. And there is shirtless Hemsworth in this. Like there wasn't shirtless Hemsworth in the first one. Well, no, there was. (laughs) Just letting you know, this isn't really spoilery. There is some shirtless Hemsworth in this one, too. There is also Hiddleston in chains, so... What do you want? <laughs> yes. Well, that's in the trailer, so then again, that's not Yeah, spoilery. that's not spoilery. But yeah, so it's it was a fun movie. It was yeah. it had its moments of seriousness, it had its moments of, of hilarity. Hilarity, which we will get into. <laughs> Maggie's doing something which is reminding me of it. But to get into that, I think we shall move into spoiler space. Yes, yeah, spoiler space. So spoilers right here again in the show notes. There will be a list of when you can when it's safe to come back. So, spoilers from here on in. Your oh. favorite moment? <laughs> Okay, one of my favorite moments, because I can't think of too many, but one of my favorite moments, I guess I better put on my pants. <laughs> As one, I'm sorry, I really love the one-liners. I really do love the one-liners. Yeah. That and... Ta-da! Ta-da, yes. <laughs> if everybody could do it, it, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And then he <laughs> slides through the cracks and then goes, ta-da! Bang, 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 thud. <laughs> yes, flying that little boat yeah. thing. Loki, are you mad? Possibly. <laughs> it's like Thor, really. You're asking this after what happened in Avengers? Really? And my other... F- what was that th- comment Bruce Banner made about a bag of cats? One of the other favorites was this entire battle is raging in the Asgardian dungeons, and Loki is literally sitting 
very casually thumbing through a book as if he was sitting next to a fireplace. Yep. The, and it's fantastic. <laughs> well, of course, my favorite moment. Oh my god, yes. Absolute favorite moment. Okay. there, There's so much win. When Thor lets Loki out to help him, and Loki's, you know, taking on a different form, and first he takes on the form of a guard, an Asgardian guard. And he's like, oh, or maybe maybe you should be the one in disguise, brother. And he changes him into Sif. <laughs> Thor into Sif. Which is kind of funny, because then you hear Thor's voice coming out of Sif, being like, I can still beat the crap out of you. The best, though, yes, is yes. the last one. When Loki's like, maybe I should change myself into one of your new companions. And each time as the change happens when you're, the camera's technically walking with them, but it's like going passing behind the pillars. Right. And when he comes out from the pillar... He is a bouncing <laughs> Captain America. As in Chris Evans is Captain America. Chris Evans is playing Tom Hiddleston, playing Loki, pretending to be Captain America. Yes. And he has some great lines. Wow, this suit is tight, but in all the right places. I can feel the righteousness surging. <laughs> And he's bouncing back and forth, and he's got the shield. He's like, hey, want to have a rousing discussion of honor and patriotism? Oh, my God. I think that was the one. I think that was the moment when the audience just lost it the most. Yeah. I mean, we lost it. And actually, one of the things I I saw it again online. Somebody videotaped it and put it on YouTube. I was just watching it again. And one of the things I didn't notice, or I didn't hear at the time, because everyone was laughing too loudly, mm-hmm. if you listen to the score at that moment, it's playing the theme from Captain America. Beautiful. In the score. Beautiful. Like the, the tune, like if you put in the Captain America DVD, the tune that plays over the menu, that is in the score. And I was like, oh my god, I love this. I love this so much. This is everything I wanted this movie to be. It was amazing. How many times did I say I love my Loki? Yeah. Yeah. I think Loki was definitely, like, a highlight of the movie. Like, I definitely felt like the movie... I was definitely more into the movie once Loki was actually out of his cell and, like, actually doing stuff. Because I think the... I I felt like the movie... Okay, you guys, you know my feelings about Loki. Because even though, like, yeah, he's all angsty and stuff like that, and, you know, he also stabbed the man Coulson. Yeah, he hurt Coulson. But I can be a little bit more sanguine... About him now that, A, Coulson's not dead, and he's back on my TV. Squee! And also that, uh, considering in this one, Loki got stabbed through the chest, or got speared through the chest. Mm-hmm. He got, he got his Hello, comeback. Karma, coming back to you. Yes. Payback. But yeah, so, and he definitely, he brings a lot of the humor. Like, there's still a lot of other humorous bits in it, but he is, his part definitely brings a lot of humor to the movie. And I did sort of feel like the movie kind of... It picked up once he was out. Picked up once he was out and able to do his wacky shit. I felt like, too, even starting right from the beginning of the movie, there was definitely... It definitely struck this really good tone of other people... of, Of Loki still being sort of bitter and angry and all that stuff. But other people, and even maybe himself a bit, sort of realizing or telling him, the situation you are in now is totally because of your own actions. Yeah. And yeah, it does seem like he, on some level, he kind of realizes that. And other characters tell him that. He's, he, that which is, is repeated several times. Yeah. And of course, also, I just loved how much Jane and Darcy was in it. I loved how much Darcy was in it, because I, I was hoping she was going to have at least a fairly significant secondary Darcy's part. hilarious. And I love Darcy. I love her so much. Darcy has her own intern now. Yes. 
her own intern and her own romantic interest. Yeah, well, you know, that happens when a guy saves your life. <laughs> you totally saved my life. And the next thing you know, they're lip-locking and she is the one holding him. Yes. In a cl- if, you, if you think of the, the stereotypical romance cover where two characters are in a lip-lock, usually it's the guy holding on to the woman in his arms and, and smooching. And she is no, cat- this time it's Darcy yeah. carrying him in the dip. <laughs> and, you know, of course, drops him when they're interrupted. Yes. And I love how Jane was just sciencing all over everything. Well, of course. <laughs> I love how she was about to try and explain the whole gravitational and physics going haywire and what she was doing in the middle of frickin' Armageddon. Yes. Yes. And I love how she goes to Asgard and she's like, is this a, what was it, like a... Nuclear... Particle field generator or something like that. And they're like, actually, this is a such and such thing. And she's like, does it do this? And they're like, yes. She's like, then it's a particle field generator. She's like, yes. She's all like, yay, science. And she's she's not super... She she is sort of amazed by Asgard and everything, but she's not like super cowed by no. everybody. The the yeah. only, only time that she actually just falls into line and does what she's told is when... Obviously, they are under attack. Yeah. And Phygia says, follow me and do exactly what I say. And she says, yes, ma'am. I'm like, damn it, when a goddess tells you what to do when you're under attack, you do what she says. But that does kind of lead into the couple things that I'm like, seriously, guys? Because one of them, it's like, seriously? Yeah, had to kill off Frigga. Seriously? Oh, somebody somebody had to die. I guess. But one, she's awesome. Oh, she she totally showed her... I was disappointed with her fighting with the first movie because she basically just stuck out a sword and it got pushed yeah. out of the way. Oh yeah, she got like super awesome. She like, was awesome this kicking movie. Ass. This is and the way. Ass. And she wasn't fighting like some lower level boss. She was fighting the main bad guy. Yes. This is this is the way Frigia should be. Okay, again, somebody's gonna call you know, somebody's gonna email me and tell me that I'm making their ears bleed again. Frigga, Frigia, whichever way you pronounce it, mm-hmm. it was pronounced Frigia. I believe in the movie. Uh, I don't think so. How would how was it pronounced? I think it was Friga. Friga. Yeah. Okay, fine. Friga. Though I've heard that isn't the right way to do it. People complaining about. I that. don't have anyway. Anyway, she was badass. Is yeah. the point? She was seriously badass. It's just that, like, okay, killing off the free the female character, which leads into a few different ca- characters, male man pain, and you know, makes them want to go all revengey. Yeah. Is kind of a trope and kind of a trope that needs to die, like right now. Do you really think Please. that's gonna die? No, because there's a lot of male writers okay. that are still gonna be doing this. The other thing was like, okay, seriously, a major part of the plot is that Jane has to be kind of damsel in distress. Cause that part she didn't really have a lot of agency in sort of fixing. Now, once she had the Ether. Magic stuff. Yeah. The magic it for this movie. Ether. Yeah. It's, you know, mad- made-up magic stuff. Yes, made-up magic stuff. To drive the plot. It is the magic MacGuffin. <laughs> really. Once that was sort of taken out of her, then she was able to do stuff, science stuff, to save the world. Right. But it's just before that, it's like, she's kind of... She does do the whole damsel in distress thing, yes. Yeah, she is technically in that, that place. But, like I said, she, they, they managed to portray her awesomely in other ways, so I can forgive that. It's not necessarily a totally, like, you did this, therefore I hate you. It's just sort of like, you know, I'd prefer if you hadn't, but you did awesome in other ways, so, you know, I'm not gonna go ballistic on this movie. I will acknowledge that the funeral scene was absolutely beautiful. It was. Visually. 
And it was sad, and the music was gorgeous. It was feels. Yes. Yeah. Major feels. So what do you think of the bad guys? Christopher Eccleston was awesome. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. Amazing. Considering how his only emotion that he portrayed is absolute pissed-off determination. Yeah. He didn't have a lot of ability to show a lot of other acting, but he did yeah. it good. Yes. And, and that was and that was whole... another I mean and that was another little weak point where it's like angry villain is angry and <laughs> wants to destroy universe for reasons. Yes. He, he basically he is steadfastly leaning for it like with there was no plot within a plot with the bad guy. There was yeah. just like I am what I want is over here, I shall go and take it and hell be damned the consequences. Yeah. Or who is in my way. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that is a general you know, that is a narrow-minded, blind general, just yeah. moving straight forward. I, my, the Malekith I had in my head was much more sinister and crafty and mm-hmm. works within works type of, th- type of thing. But Eccleston did awesome for the part that mm-hmm. they gave him. Yeah. He was, he was very good for the part that he had, and... He spoke the whole thing in another language. Yeah, there was some other that he was yeah, some other language he was speaking most of the time. I think there were a few lines that weren't that didn't have to be subtitled. Right. But and in those lines I could kinda hear okay, I can kinda Well most of the time it's like you look at him and it's like, I'm not seeing Christopher Eccleston. No. Very you know, little maybe a little bit in like the shape of the nose. But otherwise he's got, you know, like contacts and all that other some weird like white makeup on and it was and he had the voice I'm like, okay, I can kinda hear the ninth doctor, but <laughs> Not really, because like the, the the way he spoke and everything is totally different. I found that the Svartalheim, the Dark Elves, were very, very Star Trek to yeah. me. To me, it just went a little too far techy. Just to me. I know some people yeah. really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I do, like, I should even say, too, like, I really want to see this movie again. If I had had time in the last week, I would have seen it again. But our local theater doesn't do matinees, like, before 4 o'clock on weekdays. And I was working all last weekend. Boo. So I haven't had a chance to see it again, but I really want to see it again. No, I do uh, as well. I want to see this again. But yeah, so I really en- I enjoyed it a lot. And Stellan Skarsgård was amazing as Eric Selvig. And I kind of like, I've seen a lot of people that have said they were one thing they really liked about the movie, and which I kind of like too, is like, he's, you know, mentally not okay. Which What is part good. gave that away? <laughs> The part where he was running around Stonehenge naked? Yeah. Carrying but, carrying his scientific equipment. Yeah. But a lot of people like have said they really liked that part because obviously he is that way from having Loki like messing around with his brain in Avengers. Like he hasn't been okay since then. Yeah. So it's kinda nice to have that sort of reminder, that acknowledgement in the movie. That New York happened. Yeah. And yeah. that you know, and another sign of, you know, the damage that Loki has done. Yeah, we're all not superheroes that can go mm-hmm. back to, quote-unquote, normal life, have our coffee, yeah. and have our day-to-day routine, and not have any consequences. Yeah. And what actually one of the things someone spotted in, like, a still from the scene where he's doing that whole lecture thing on spacey magic, whatever right. the fuck is going on in this movie. Actually, if you look behind him on the chalkboard, there's one little line that I guess has been underlined, like, a couple times. And it says 616 Universe, which is the Marvel code for the regular Marvel Comics universe. Really? They have numbers for the use numbers for their different universe. Like I think 616 is the main Marvel Comics. They designate the Marvel Cinematic Universe as 199999. So they have these number 
codes for their different universes and the 616 was hidden in there. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there was, they, a couple times they've, you know, when someone's been contacting Melinda May on the, like, front through air traffic control or whatever, right. their call sign is S.H.I.E.L.D. 616. <laughs> I was like, yes! Little Easter egg. Speaking of Easter eggs and secret things. Yes. There's the credit scenes. Yes. Two of them. Stay to the very end, people. Those that get up and leave are the weak of the herd. Yes. Let them go. There was there was a, a few quite a few people a few people that came, that left as soon as the movie was over. There is a mid credit scene. Like with Avengers. I have the feeling that what they're doing is now with Avengers and now with Thor two, I'll see if it carries over into Captain America. The mid credit scene is now sort of the key hint to a future movie and the end credit scene is just funsies funsies Funsies. it was shawarma in the last one this time it was thor returning and smooching with jane and then frost beast chasing birds monster chasing birds through a parking lot (laughs) and tumbling over some containers the way that a toddler might yeah or a dog push over it was very dog like yes push over like blocks yeah, but the, and the it was mid adorable. credit scene was really interesting. And actually, you and I dis- said right afterwards that mid credit scene seemed really weird. Like it didn't seem to fit with the rest. Yes, I heard on one of the podcasts I was listening to. Try to remember which one. It was on the Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. They were discussing Thor two, mm-hmm. and they said that that mid credit scene was directed by James Gunn who's directing Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. So maybe this ties in with him. And they explained the character, the Collector, is in yes. the other Marvel movies. And he mentions something about one down, five to go. Yes. The stone that they gave him apparently is part, it's from a plot called the Infinity Gauntlet. There are six Infinity Stones. One of them is the one that they gave him. Right. One of them is the Tesseract. Right. Because they said we don't want two together. Two gems. Actually, I think they're called Infinity Gems. They said we don't want two of these gems close together. Right. So those are two. So maybe the Infinity Gems is part of, of the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Because uh, I remember going home right after dropping you off. And my husband asked me, so how was it? And I gave him a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I said, oh, yeah, by the way, because you have a wider knowledge of the whole comic book field than I do, do you know of a character called The Collector? He goes, yes. And I'm like, well, he was in one of the one of the credit scenes. And mm-hmm. they go, he says, oh, so they're pulling <laughs> out all the stops it's for like, this. Oh, really? And I'm like, oh, great. Now here's some research I got to go do. Yeah. So apparently that might be a lead in for Guardians of the Galaxy. But it was total bizarro. Yeah, it was weird because when you see it, it's very much like the color grading on it is super different yep. from everything. And the design of it, it has much more of a, not a steampunky, not a cyberpunky feel, but definitely a something punk feel. It, it definitely was, feels more like the Matrix or like Fifth Element. In the seventies. In the seventies, yeah. as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Or yeah, in its look. It yeah, definitely yeah, has yeah. a much different look than Thor does, which is or even than most of the other Marvel movies. Yeah. Look. So it it, it it is very jarring. But then that makes sense if it's setting up for a, a totally movie different a completely arc. different yeah. completely different director. And this felt especially feels especially weird to see like Sif and I think it was Volstag was the yes. other one. Sif and Volstag standing in the middle of this Mino- like set. Two, it was 
tubes of like specimens, but not yeah. the narrow tubes. We're talking like display cases. Yeah. It definitely had more like a, a futuristic y movie sort of feel to it. You know, you expect sort of like a futuristic preschool to come walking through. Okay, class, this is what Homo sapiens <laughs> looked like two million years ago. And I kept watching, when I was watching it, I was looking at the collector and I'm like, is that? He looks familiar. Who is that? And it was, I'm like, is that? Benicio del Toro, and yes, it's Benicio del Toro. <laughs> so yeah, that looks sort of interesting. That was it's interesting sort of how they're setting up future movies. For, yeah, they obviously left Thor two wide open. Yeah, because well, one you're left being like, okay, wait, two questions. One, how the fuck did Loki live? Yeah, and two, where, where the, the fuck, fuck is Odin? <laughs> Hello, like where'd he go? Was he just you know not? there and Loki saw his chance and was just like, oh, I'm just gonna sneak onto the throne and pretend to be Odin for a second while Odin is off somewhere else. But yeah, we don't see him. Oh yeah, and Odin was king of the douches this this movie. Yeah, Odin was an ass It's like particular Yeah, this movie. is like if Thor 1 was Exhibit 1, this is Exhibit 2 in, in Odin's A-plus parenting. <laughs> He's all like, yes! Let's wait until Malekith attacks Asgard and kills possibly thousands of people. Instead of doing this one, yes, probably extremely dangerous mission, but only risking a couple people if it works. Because Thor actually turns it on him and says, what makes you different than Malekith? And the answer was, I will win. And like, ooh. Uh, okay, you're a dickbag. Mega, di- mega douche. And then, of course, he calls um, Jane Foster. She belongs here no more than a goat does at a banquet. Yeah, he's such a... D- he's like, he's, he's super racist dad. Yeah. Racist douchebag dad Odin. Well... I guess when you get to be king of the Asgardians and you're not challenged that much, yeah, you get used to swinging your weight around or something like that and expecting guess, things to yeah. go your way. I don't know. Yeah. Of course, now this raises the question of what's going to happen because Loki's alive and he told Thor, like, yeah, sure. And Thor's like, you know, no, I don't really want to be king. I kind of just want to hang out with this girl. And Loki's like, sure, yep, go back to Earth. Which, so, so which, Loki in in Odin, yeah, guys. in Odin, in Odin, disguised as Odin, says, yeah, okay, go back to Earth. Which does, which will help with the Avengers because you know one of the questions before was like, okay, so Thor is in Asgard until you know we get cell reception in Asgard. It's come gonna on, be kind of hard. To come be on, like, Stark, get on that. <laughs> it's gonna be kind of hard to be like, ah, uh, need a little help here. But if he's on Earth. There you go. But yeah, so then with Thor basically being like, I don't really want to be king, and thinking that Odin has told him, yeah, like, yeah, totally go, and Loki, like, taking on Odin's thing and not knowing where Odin is, it's like, okay. What bad stuff's going to be going down in Asgard now? Mm. Loki, are you trying to get the throne again? Oh my god. Yes, I am totally in the Loki fangirl (laughs) army. Oh, and thinking of Thor on Earth. One of the other bits that got a huge laugh in the theater. When they go into Jane's apartment and everyone hangs up their coats. Yes! Oh and my god, and he hangs up his hammer! Oh. <laughs> he hangs up his hammer on the coat rack. That was awesome. That, oh, that was, was beautiful. Oh, I fucking love this. That was beautiful. Oh, and she gets actual cell reception when they're getting that storm and it's the yeah. guy she had a date with. Yes! And the look on Thor's and face. Thor's like jealous. What? Jealous boyfriend. Managed to get back through to Earth, get in the car, start at the car. So who's Richard? (laughs) Really? This is what you're worried about right now? You didn't contact me for two years. I love that. Yeah, she does slap him twice. Next time, ball up your fist. Okay. 
So are we done with spoilers? I think we're done with spoilers. Okay. So it's safe to come back now. You know, <sighs> Thor 2, fun, want to see it again. Yes. And, you know, my friends have been sending me pictures of... And when is the next movie coming out? Oh my god. My friends have been sending me pictures of Tom Hiddleston. Mm, and it girl. does not help. I actually, I, I got a picture of him in his kilt. Because I emailed it to oh, a friend. Girl. Because, thanks to Karen here, I listened to the Nerdist podcast with yes with Tom Hiddleston I haven't listened to the one with Clark Gregg yet yeah I'm like I think it was last them. week last week or the week before they had Marvel week on the nervous, nervous yes. podcast yes. so you can listen to they had one with Clark Gregg who is adorable adorable human being Tom Hiddleston also adorable human being <sighs> and I haven't listened to the one with Kevin Feige who's the head of the uh, Marvel Studios yet but Tom talks about being half Scottish. His dad is Scottish. And anybody who's listened to the podcast knows I'm very proud of my heritage. But to me, that means, okay, his dad's Scottish. He's half Scottish. There must be a picture of him in a kilt somewhere. I don't care if he's four years old and in a kilt. At some (laughs) time, he has worn it. And I said this to one of my friends on on email, and she keeps loving to prod me and send me pictures of, you know, (laughs) semi-naked men while I'm at work. And... She sent me back. She said, this is the only picture I could find. And it's obviously of him at a premiere, but he's dressed in the full regalia. Mm-hmm. And my heart just blossomed and my ovaries ex- <laughs> exploded. And what I love on that podcast. All right. I- I'll be blunt. I'd love a million things on that podcast. Because mm-hmm. he's adorable. Oh, my God, he is. But one of the ways that they sign off on the podcast is to tell everybody, oh, enjoy, yes. enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your, your burrito. burrito. And it's their way of saying, look. Stop, enjoy your moment, enjoy your present, whatever state that present may be, enjoy it. So they ask all of their guests to tell the listeners, enjoy your burrito, and they asked him to do a look. Actually, I think he's the first one they've actually asked to do Really? It. Yeah, usually, I have, okay, I have done, I haven't listened to a lot of the interviews, because sometimes I don't really know who the people are, but I don't know if they do it all the time where they ask their guests to Well, they did ask it. him to do one, and he did, they asked for a Loki-styled sign off and he takes a moment and then you can hear it just comes come through mid guardians for the sake of odin and all of asgard enjoy your burrito and i'm i'm at work you know everybody else is gone and i've got this playing and i am just flailing all over my office while this is and i'm like i am so glad nobody can see me right now i have lost all credentials in this building if anybody could see me it was fabulous. Yes. Okay, I'm done. So definitely check out the Nerdist podcast on that. Okay, one last thing, and this is speaking of things that will make you feel all warm and fuzzy, because oh. Tom Hilson certainly does that with me. Yes, he does. <laughs> He's adorable. Today, the Make-A-Wish Foundation did possibly what is the biggest wish they have ever done. So Miles is five years old. He has leukemia, but it's currently in, re- in remission. And he wanted to spend all day dressed as Batman and grow out with Batman and solve crimes in, in Gotham, Gotham City. City. So today, 11,000 volunteers teamed up to make his wish come true in San Francisco. San Francisco was Gotham City for Including the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm not sure if this was actual print or just online, but they became the Gotham City Chronicle for a day. And the fr- they have a front page with articles all about Bat Kid. Mm-hmm. With Bat Kid Save City, Bat Kid Secret Revealed at Last, all these other and, and like fake articles and everything yeah. already. And then And everywhere he went, it was they had a he and Batman had the Batmobile. Yep. That was donated for this. 
His little brother was Robin. And he's adorable. Oh my god. Robin spent the day hanging back with dad, though. I'm looking at BuzzFeed right now, but if you look at BuzzFeed or Mashable and just search for Bat Kid, you will find the articles with it. But yeah, at first, they responded to calls for help, like, all day. The first one was he'd gotten word that a woman was tied up on the train tracks. Like the trolley tracks yep. that go through San Francisco. So they arrive, and everywhere they go, there are these huge crowds of people watching this. Like, enormous crowds. Even Obama tweeted, retweeted a picture of bad ki- of bad Kid. I just got, like, all sorts of good girly feel. This is fantastic! There's, there's a whole bunch of Vine videos in here, too. Of them coming in and rescuing the damsel in distress. <laughs> oh my god. And her hugging him once they've saved her and finding the Riddler. He was in a bank. He was robbing a bank oh, at the yes. time. So then they followed the commotion into the bank and faced off against the Riddler and helped the Gotham police, police. like San Francisco police, arrest him. After apprehending the Riddler, Bat Kid ate some lunch. It, it was, was a long, long morning. morning. Hey, when you're busy, you got to keep your stamina up. You need protein and carbs. And then they had someone who was playing the Penguin who created a Twitter account and started tw- taunting Bat Kid on Twitter. Because he had kidnapped one of the... Uh, Mascots of a local of a local sports team, and had taken the uh, it was the Giants mascot and taken him to AT and T Field where he was all tied up, and Bat Kid got to come in and rescue, rescue him again. <laughs> and after that, Bat Kid got was taken to City Hall, was given a key to the city, and oh. like there are tons of pictures of the crowd in front of City Hall, and there are tons of people standing in front of City Hall with signs. Yep. Saying, you know, we love Bat Kid. And they or, have banners hanging over the balcony. There was one that was a b- black banner with the Batman symbol on it. It said, keep calm and call Bat Kid. Yes. It was so cute. Oh thousands, thousands. Thousands of people. Of people. And, like, obviously, like, the mayor's in on this. The transit people are in on this. So police have, are in the on police this. police are in on this. Everybody, like, thousands of volunteers working together to make this kid's wish happen. This is awesome. And it's like, oh, my God. I kept seeing tweets all day from people who were like, Oh, I'm looking at this at work and trying not to cry. Because <laughs> you could, the Make a Wish Foundation in San Francisco was tweeting it like all day. It was like, oh my god, this is adorable and humanity is wonderful. <laughs> I wonder how he finished up his day. Because technically Friday's not, well, Friday would be over for a five year old right about now, but I wonder how he finished up his day. Yeah. This is so awesome. Oh, look, and he gets to see all of his, all of his yeah. fans. Look at all the people, God. My God. Yeah, the U.S. Attorney's Office even issued, like, a press release saying that they were charging the Riddler and the Penguin penguin with kidnapping and conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, fantastic. That was seriously adorable. Feels. Yes, but good feels. Okay. Now, moving into... Cravings, Cravings, Crushes. crushes. Now, if that one Doctor Who poster wasn't enough Doctor Who for you... We've got some more Doctor Who, specifically in the form of knitting. Yeah, so we've got some mittens you might want. Wibbly, wobbly, mightly, widely. Mitly, whitly. Mitly, whitly. Yeah, so wibbly, wobbly, mitly, whitly mittens. Doctor Who tribute mittens, basically. By Therese Sharp, and these are awesome. They're made out of fingering weight, and the backs of the mittens, both at the tips, have a... Weeping, Weeping angel. angel motif. And then one in this really cool curvy lettering says wibbly wobbly. And the other one says timey wimey. And down at the cuff are sonic screwdrivers. And the hands look like they have a repeating, I guess those are itty bitty tardises. Yeah, itty bitty tardises. And on one palm, it just says, it says 
stuff. These are adorable. And I'm not sure what that... Oh, it looks like Kroner is the currency. But it's about $6.47 in yep. Canadian dollars. Yep. So... Similar, slightly less in American dollars. And they are really awesome, and I want to make them. Like, really, really want to make them. I thought of you as soon as I saw this, because <laughs> you have a thing for colorwork mittens and Doctor Who. Yep. Want. Really want. However, Ooh. if you need something, because colorwork can take time, you could... These are the Gallifrey mittens by Velma Aho. A-H-O. And this is a name. free Ravelry download. Yep, and it's an infingering weight, which of course I have a lot of. And all you need is one skein from the looks of it. Ooh. Yeah, named after the Doctor's lo- lost home planet, the mitts feature the seal of Rassilon, a symbol sometimes seen on the show, worked in twisted stitches. So this really cool twisted stitch cable pattern on the back of the hand. And fingerless mitts, so mm-hmm. I would have to do... You don't even... It, it would be very quick to knit up. Yep. Yeah, it only uses 219 yards. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me like that. Want. Want all the things. I don't know. I know I wouldn't get the bigger on the inside done in time, but I still kind of oh, really want to work on that one. Though maybe I'll look through my stash and see if I have enough for timey-wimey mittens. Oh, yeah. And then there's something that Maggie sent me earlier this week, which was not exactly what I was expecting it to be from the title. Because <laughs> she sent me she sent me something and just said it was just titled TARDIS Onesie. And then I opened it. And it wasn't exactly the onesie I was expecting. Because it's for an adult. Yep. It is like... A set of long johns. With a hoodie. That looks like the TARDIS. On the front, well, on the front it looks like the TARDIS. It's got the windows. It's got the little Police sign box on it. Thing. The little St. John's Amulet's thing on it. And then on the back, it just says Doctor Who. And they do have the, these in all kinds of things. They have it for Batman. They have it for Star Wars. They have it for superheroes. Mm, yeah. Officially licensed Doctor Who onesie. Come on, couldn't you see curling up in that and watching some Doctor Who and drinking some cocoa? Maybe if no one else was home. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> you can find it at red5.co.uk. And it's 40 pounds. So it's a fair bit. So, but it is yeah. for an adult. But it's an adult onesie. Like, head to foot onesie. It comes in the original blue police box, co- police box color. You know, sometimes you really gotta feel for the people who do the modeling for these. If only it came with our very own Matt Smith, too. Sorry, David, you've been replaced. Oh, dear. I'll take David Tennant, then, if you guys don't want him. And it's got all the measurements listed here, like the bust and the waist and length of the arms and legs and things like that, so you can see how it would fit. It would certainly be, be a unique gift. Definitely, yes. So shall we wrap up? I think that's it for right Wait. now. Do you hear that? Hear what? That. Oh, my God. Doctor! Wait! Bye, guys, I'll see you later! Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K N I T 1 G E E K 2.mt P O C K E T S.org. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on!